Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. You're listening to the Deal Room Podcast. Join us as we bring you the inside scoop on business sales and acquisitions. Get across trends in the area and hear the industry's best recount their real life tips, traps, and experiences. Now, here's your host, Joanna Oki. Hi, it's Joanna Oki here and welcome back to the Deal Room Podcast, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. Now, on today's podcast, we have on board the fabulous Peter Bembrick, who is a tax partner at HLB Manjard, Sydney. And in this episode, Peter and I are talking specifically about the top legal and tax tips for accountants and other advisors in dealing with clients who are selling or also acquiring a business. Now, in this episode, Peter and I uh, both approach it from a bit more of a conversational style than uh, this podcast often is as a uh, interview style. And we're, we're just uh, throwing together our thoughts and advice in this area from the legal perspective and the tax perspective. And I think this episode is particularly relevant to accountants as advisors who are dealing with clients who might be leading up to exit at some point in the future, even if it, this isn't something that's coming up immediately. But it's also relevant when accountants um, or other advisors are dealing with clients who are also looking at acquisitions. And so Peter and I recorded this episode as part of the drive um, and the partnership between Aspect Legal, HLB Manjud and National Australia Bank in setting up the Accountant Advisors Community, where Aspect Legal, HLB Manjud and National Australia Bank have combined their um, expertise and advice um, in these general areas that accountants deal with to try and provide an extra sounding board for accountants. Now, at the end of this episode, I'll talk a little bit more about that. And if you're interested in finding out more about the accountant advisors community, then just head over to episode 92 in our sister podcast, Talking Law. So in Talking Law, episode 92, uh, we talk about the accountant advisors community, what it is and how it's relevant to accountants. But of course, that's not the topic of this episode. (laughs) Today, we're focusing on this area of tactics and legal tips um, for clients leading into a sale or acquisition. And this is actually a two-part episode. And in the two parts of the episodes, we will be covering the following topics. I'm talking about the classic conversation I have when business owners are exiting. So something that I have again and again and again, and a hint into this one, they've rarely brought their accountants along for the ride. So I talk a little bit about this. And I also talk about the missed opportunity for accountants in ways that can provide value for their clients and value in their own practice in terms of being forward thinking in approaching the concept of exit well before it might even be on the table uh, for their clients or in their clients' minds. And then I also talk about mistakes that I've seen accountants make in sales and acquisitions, um, and we cover a lot of topics there. 
Now, Peter, on the other hand, is talking all about tax. <laughs> and he talks specifically about the difference in selling businesses versus shares. We talk about the small business CGT concessions that were actually tightened significantly in 2018 for share sales. So we dig into that in a bit more detail um, and talk about that, how that can impact the advice that accountants are given. And we also talk about the benefits for business owners and for their advisors in helping them plan their exit well in advance, including restructuring. So we look at all of these in our two-part series. Of course, in this part one of the two-part series, we cover the first of those elements. So today we're really talking to Peter about tax tips on selling and acquiring, the common mistakes when working out tax outcomes. We're talking about planning, timing, and why there's so many cases of business owners coming into an exit, not being fully armed with all of the information that's important to them, what impact that can make on tax outcomes. And so perhaps is useful, I think in this episode, Peter gives a little bit of introduction to himself, but just by way of background, Peter is no spring chicken in this area. He's been providing tax assistance to businesses and individuals since he joined HLB Man Judd more than 30 years ago, that's three decades ago, and of which he became a partner in 2004. I think this is a really great episode where Peter and I drill into some of these more relevant um, legal and tax areas, particularly for accountants and other advisors to be on top of. So buckle in, here we go. Peter, welcome on board to the podcast today. Thanks, Joanna. It's a pleasure to be here. Fabulous. Okay. Now, how about we kick this off first by um, perhaps giving our listeners a bit of a quick background of who you are, Peter, um, and what kinds of clients you deal with generally? Yeah, sure. No, thanks. Well, as, as you mentioned, I'm uh, one of the tax partners here at HLB Manjad Sydney. Um, a lot of my clients tend to be uh, SME business owners, private individuals in that sort of sector, and also also other accountants. So, as like yourself, I deal with yeah. a lot of accountants, so uh, I find that I'm often helping them with tax issues relating to to their clients and 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 their business issues and the acquisitions of sales of businesses. So certainly, um, that's that's a large part of what I do. Yeah, and and I guess um, giving a bit of background to this podcast. Um, well, one of the reasons that we're talking about this is because Aspect Legal and HLB Manjud have partnered together um, to provide information to uh, accounting firms generally, um, in uh, not just in this area of uh, business sale and acquisitions, but also more, more generally uh, across other commercial and, and obviously tax areas as well. We have some previous podcasts where we uh, talk in more detail about the um, joint accounting community initiatives between HLB, Manjad and uh, Aspect Legal and uh, National Australia Bank. Uh, and if you're interested in that as a listener, just head into the show notes and we'll give you details of where to go back um, and listen a little bit more about to what we're um, providing, what we're doing um, in the uh, community for accountants. But drawing on that today, what we particularly want to do is just give some really quick 
top tips in uh, areas that we think that accountants generally who are dealing with businesses who are selling or or buying businesses or shares or assets could find useful uh, in terms of uh, their general practice. So um, so the way we'll do this, um, Peter and I both have a a few things that we want to talk about, but I think it's more interesting for you as the listener um, if um, we we also just have a bit of a conversation about those areas. But I I guess maybe... um, Peter, if you want to kick it off, what is your first key tax tip on um, selling or acquiring a business? Sure. Yeah, no, thanks, Joanna. Well, I suppose the first thing point I wanted to raise was the question that often comes up is when you're selling, say from the, just take it from the sell side, um, do you sell the shares in in a company? Typically, it's a company. So, do you sell the shares in the company or do you sell the business assets out of the company? And that, that can make a significant difference. And so, I suppose the a spoiler alert: There is. It's usually better to sell the shares. So, um, but obviously there, are, but obviously there are commercial, as you will no doubt touch on. There are a lot of commercial um, and legal issues relating to yeah. um, that that affect that. And so it's not always an easy thing to do, but and I'll, I'll probably one of my other points, which I'll come on to a bit later, is in relation to small business capital gains concessions, and that that can be one reason why selling shares can be more tax effective. So it's something that's definitely worth looking at. Yeah, and I mean it's really interesting this whole discussion because it's funny that you have that as your top um, number one point because it's actually mine as well. <laughs> Even though I'm talking about the legal perspective and you're talking about the um, the tax perspective, but I just I'm right with you. I think this is the number one issue. But one of the things that I noticed is that the classic conversation I have with business owners who are exiting relates to when I ask them when they had their last conversation with their their accountant about the way in which they're looking to structure the sale. And they'll often say something like, oh, yeah, I discovered it discussed it briefly with my accountant at some point, um, but I spoke to the broker or the the corporate advisor and we've decided that the easiest way to sell the business is to sell the business rather than the shares themselves. And when I say, okay, well, what does that look like in terms of the tax outcomes at the end of the day? always radio silence, blank stare. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. um, and and it's really clear at that point that they haven't brought their accountants along for the ride and also that the accountants haven't been linked to their clients to the extent that they've made their clients aware that this is such a critical decision because when I then ask that question and then they go back and then they get a bit of a flow through of understanding what the um, what the end outcome looks like in terms of cash in their pocket at the end of the day, it can make an absolutely massive difference to the, the end outcome um, in, in, in some instances. So, is, is that what you're seeing? Oh, to- totally, yeah, absolutely, and that's that's the thing that that people think, as you say, thinking people think in terms of, uh, oh, okay, we get a great offer for the business, we can get it, we can sell, we found a buyer. Um, the buyer is usually not that keen to buy the company; they'd rather just take it, make a clean transaction, get buy, take the business yeah. assets, which is typically goodwill or intangibles, is the biggest. Is where all the where all the value is, and so they'll do that. But what they don't think through is, okay, we'll find the company sells the business. We've got cash in there. We've got to get the cash, as you say, in back out into the pockets of the business owners. 
how is that going to work and what's the ta- what's the ultimate tax that's payable on that so that's where yeah so that's where it comes in and it's mm. it's the planning around or well, what does the tax look like in the company's hands and then in the individual shareholders hands or it might go through a family trust or there's there's different you know what the shareholding structure looks like but but there's quite a lot of planning involved in that and mm. uh, so that's something that um you know they just need to think through and as you say if they have that conversation with the accountant then that should be that that's some part of the planning that should be possible and uh and, and if they're not and if they're getting pushback i've certainly had examples where that um we've had a discussion quite recently with someone and, and again they were doing exactly what you were thinking okay we'll just sell the business and mm. and we raised the raised the, the the possibility with them it all came out fairly quickly. It's just something that was mm. very live, but they, mm. they were able to find a buyer fairly quickly because of mm. their contacts in the industry, mm. and and that all was all going along quite well. But we said, look, you know, why don't you ask them? Would they be willing to buy the shares? What would it take to make that deal happen? And they actually made that deal. In that case, it was fairly clean, and they were able to make it happen. Mm. And it's going to make it's going to save them quite a bit of tax. Mm. Um, most people would just not even think. In other cases, it's yeah. going to be more difficult. And they'll be the purchaser might want a, uh, a, a you know they'll be to start discounting the price. So it it it's where it gets a bit tricky. But um but you got to ask the question. I think sometimes having a discounted price at the end of the day, when you look at the cash flow through, um you, you know it, sometimes it's worth taking a discounted price, but doing it in a way that makes sense from a, from from a tax perspective as well. Yes, correct. Um, and yeah. and you know we all know that that tax decisions shouldn't drive you know, critical decisions in a business. But when you're talking about exit, sometimes it actually is appropriate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. Although, right. Yeah, and, and it's just something that needs to be, it's more about looking at it. We've had mm-hmm. had another example where we worked out that that doing that could have, um, and our corporate advisory division was advising on the transaction. So it was a case of we were helping them with the sale aspect, commercial, the, 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 those aspects of the commercial, of the sale and giving them some tax advice and so we, we when we looked at it we worked out that they could have and this was working with with their regular accountant so he did a lot of the background work and then we worked with him to come up with you know what would be the tax outcome look like and in the end in the end result was they could have saved a couple of hundred thousand dollars in tax uh by by going down the share sale route but for a multi-million dollar business sale the owners actually decided it wasn't worth wasn't actually worth the effort and they mm. uh, so they just let it to, to in order to get the transaction across the line they just decided not to pursue that avenue but mm. at least they at least they were able to um give it some consideration to make an informed decision mm. and sometimes that's a timing thing i find as well though when when the um the structure of the sale comes up after the parties have already started talking, mm. it can be very hard sometimes to move it back to a position. Like, for example, if you've been talking about business seller, asset seller, it can be Correct. quite yeah. hard to pull people back into a share sale, you know, after uh, after a lot of negotiation has all been, or, you know, once the commercial terms have already sort of been um, hashed together. So really this is about the earlier you get in, the better, um, because I think there's lots of reasons why share sales can actually be sold as being a better way of um, acquiring a business, notwithstanding some of the risk that sits there, but some of that risk can be dealt with by contractual means and, and mm. by other means. Um, there's some benefits, which maybe we'll talk 
talk about a, a little bit um, later on because I think accountants, generally speaking, some accountants that I speak to particularly concerned about allowing their clients to buy shares rather than the business. But but the larger a business, the more likely it is that it will be a share sale rather than a business sale. Um, and I, I think that is because, um, you know, there are some good reasons to push a share sale sometimes in some businesses. And But the earlier you do this, the better because you can make it part of that general discussion. Yes, correct. Why do you think it is then? And, you know, I have an idea perhaps that the reason why um, there are so, so many cases of business owners uh, coming in at exit, not having the full, not being armed with full information of the difference um, in a tax outcome for the way they might structure the sale is because their accountants perhaps don't want to necessarily proactively offer up looking at this sort of stuff initially because they're not massively familiar with it and don't come across it every day and maybe it can be, be a little bit uncomfortable. Do you think maybe that's something that's happening out there in the market? Look, yeah, look, it can be and for sure, um, or at least they're not aware of the – across the intricacies of it. I mean, I think a lot of accountants would be across some of the broad yeah, the broad, yeah. tax, the broad tax issues, um, but also maybe they're not having those conversations with – I mean, if you're having that commercial and perhaps might just come back to the, the, the particular CGT concessions because that's the area I think that's of particular interest. But just the broader point you make there about, uh, Joanna, the uh, um, – if, client, if, if accountants are actually talking to the business owners about their succession planning or their exit planning in advance, you know, well in advance, then that's probably where these things are more likely to come up. Yeah. They're, they're talking about, you're looking at all sorts of options. Is, it a, is there going to be a family succession? Are there key employees that, that might be looking to, to buy the business um, or, or to, to buy in, you know, even some vertical integration in terms of different things in the supply chain or, or, or possibly suppliers, like all this sort of, you know, looking at well, who would actually buy if, or if you're going to sell mm. this business, who would buy it, you know, right down to all the way down to actually going out to a broker and, and looking to, for someone to try and find a buyer, you know, so mm. there's sort of things that, so I guess just <clears throat> if there is that planning, then, um, you know, I've had a couple of ex- examples again where, We've had business owners looking to thinking about exit um, and and then starting to you know plan ahead of time. You know mm-hmm. they know they've, they've got say five years before they might. Well, in one case, she, she knew she had maybe five years before she wanted to sell. So starting to um, you know get a little built, you know, a little doing a restructure. In fact, a restructure can be quite useful. That's the thing because if you've got a bit of time, the mm-hmm. the actual structure, the classic structure of an individual owning all the shares. Um, sometimes you want something like a trust owning mm. the shares, and 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 because that can be, again help you with the tax outcome when you ultimately sell. So, mm. doing that restructure maybe ahead of time. So that's sort of one situation, and uh, so that you know all sorts of um. So just just yes, yeah, so, so getting having those discussions, as you say, perhaps not everyone is likely to have, and it it often comes down to just being close to your client. Yeah, which I think is a really good point. And interestingly, was another point that I was going to talk to, so um, it's useful that, that you led into mm. this. But I think there is a missed opportunity for accountants um, in in this general discussion because, you, you know, the discussion itself can um, perhaps result in um, in additional work for the accountants. Like it's, Definitely. It, but yeah. it's also really good for clients. It's it's a really good client-centric approach and, and it's also good for your relationship with your clients to be having these proactive discussions. And I think perhaps one of the reasons why it's um, not done more often is because everyone gets busy in 
their day-to-day mm. work and, sure. and, you know, pushing out the work that is in front of us. But I, I think maybe time has to be set aside for having proactive discussions with client bases so that you're identifying some of these things in advance because, as you say, this, you know, um, if a restructure is needed to provide the optimal sale outcome, which quite often it, gen- it is, you know, generally, yeah, absolutely. you know, there is the need for a restructure. Um, that, it, it, you know, you can't, you really can't predict where a business is going to be in five years' time. So, really, anyone who might have exit on the radar at any point really should be having those regular discussions in terms of, okay, would you need to, is it best, you know, for us to look at a restructure for you to get it, you in the optimal position into the future just in case you, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, ready for that point of exit at some point. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And and that's where the small business CGT concessions, which I've mentioned a couple of times, I mean, that, again, a lot of the accountants are aware of those concessions, but doing that and, and the, the, what I find one of the most useful things is, is actually having, say, that again, the, the typical case is an individual owns all the shares in the company because they've started it up, you know, mm-hmm. from, and sort of built it up from scratch. So using the concessions to actually restructure by by bringing a family trust across the top of it and, and mm. a holding company, so it's a sort of a bit of a you know process that you, which we've often gone through with clients. I me. and that sort of a structure um, is often done, you know, best ahead of time, not mm. not too close to a transaction. You need, you need mm. enough time to put it in place properly, and it will. Um, and, and and there's things like, for example, the six million dollar cap on net assets, and if mm. if the business value is actually getting close to that. You take advantage of the concessions while while they're below six million before the business value goes above six million. That's just one example. That's um, clever. So it's triggering yeah. those conversations before beforehand. Giving that, yeah, that's right. I mean, it'd be nice to build it up to eight million dollars, but then once you get to that level, you miss the opportunity to use the concessions. So mm. and and mm. and and thinking about their ages, and once once people are over fifty five, there's a lot of it's it's much easier to get a, a tax free outcome. But mm. then if they're under fifty five, then there's there's an element of you might need to put some of that money into a super fund, which for someone in their thirties or forties is not particularly attractive because the money mm. locks the money away, but depending how much money they've actually got access to, but it's it's also an opportunity to help build up their superannuation. So if they're getting into their late 40s, perhaps they do want to put some money into super and, and those small business concessions provide an opportunity to put some extra money into super beyond the, the relatively limited superannuation contribution caps that we have. So it, it, it sort of goes into other areas as well, which, uh, which again, it's all about, which is which again usually creates, like you said, Joanna, more work for the accountants and advisors mm-hmm. Um, from a wealth management perspective as well as a tax and, and accounting perspective and it it adds certainly a lot of value to the clients and, and helps them with their you know planning if they sell out a business you know what are they planning to do after that mm. you know there, there's sort of so it so it definitely goes much broader than just you know the out the outcome out of, out of the uh, that particular transaction so, mm. Uh, mm. so there's a yes there's a fair bit involved in that Well, that's it for part one of our two-part series all about the top legal and tax tips for accountants in dealing with their clients who are leading up to an exit at some point in the future, whether that's in the near future or far future, um, and also clients who are looking into uh, acquisitions. And of course, don't forget to listen into part two that will be released next week where Peter and I drill further into this area. 
in particular, looking at the intricacies in working out the tax outcomes, talking about the benefits of seeing advisors as part of a team. So we talk about that team approach. And then Peter and I both dig into the mistakes that we see accountants making in this sale and acquisition space that we think it's useful to cast some light on so that you, the listener, <laughs> are caught up in the same issues uh, with your clients into the future. We cover all of that and more in part two of this two-part series. But in the meantime, if you'd like more information about this topic or you would like to contact Peter and his team at HLB Manjad Sydney, just head over to our show notes at thedealroompodcast.com. There you'll be able to see a little bit of a summary of this episode, the highlights out of this discussion today. You'll be able to see how to contact Peter and his team at HLB Manjad and there you'll also be able to find details of how to contact our legal eagles at Aspect Legal if you or your clients would like to discuss any legal aspects of sales or acquisitions. And this is also a bit of a plug for the accountant advisors community that Aspect Legal has partnered together with HLB Manjad and National Australia Bank in um, forming and promoting. Uh, this is a free service for accountants and it's really about providing additional services and um, a sounding board for uh, accountants and advisors who deal with um, clients, uh, commercial business clients, um, and would like that extra arm of assistance. And if you'd like to find out more about that, then just head over to our show notes where we will provide a link for you about how to join the accounting advisors community. And that's it for today's podcast. We hope to see you back at part two. But for now, thank you for listening in. You've been listening to Joanna Oki and the Deal Room Podcast, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. See you next time. Aspect Legal has a number of great services that help businesses prepare for a sale or acquisition to help them prepare in advance and to get transaction ready. We've also got a range of services to help guide businesses through the sale and acquisitions process. We work with clients both big and small and have different types of services depending on size and complexity. We provide a free consultation to discuss your proposed sale or acquisition so see our show notes on how to book a time to speak with us or head over to our website at aspectlegal.com.au. Ladies and gentlemen, that will conclude this evening's entertainment. Thanks for listening to The Deal Room Podcast. To find out more about this episode and other episodes in the series, check out the show notes or head over to our website at thedealroompodcast.com.au. 